Hi, my name is Kelsey Hunter, and you're listening to the Mountain Movers podcast. Welcome back. In this episode, I chatted with my incredible running coach, Kelsey Hunter. Now, Kelsey has been coaching me for about eight weeks now, and above all else, she has helped me find structure, something that I had been searching for the minute the world went on lockdown. We talk about her journey in athletics and how it led her to coaching, finding balance, and her time as a podcaster. So with that being said, let's move some mountains. Cue that intro in three, two. This is the Mountain Movers Podcast, a platform for you. The ones with a voice to be heard, but no microphone to speak it. This is your time, your chance to become more than they believe you are, more than you believe you are. So let's do this together. How are you today, Kelsey? I'm doing very well. How are you, Jake? You know what? I'm great. Let's let the listeners in on who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, So one of my gigs is that I am a running and triathlon coach. I'm also a runner and triathlete myself and have been participating in endurance sports most of my life, previously as a swimmer and then sort of later in life getting into running and and triathlon. Um, I also work for the federal government and I live in Ottawa. I'm a loving family member. I have a really wonderful family. They live super far away um, from me. And I'm in the process of moving to Vancouver so that I can be a bit closer to them and also take on a new opportunity for my career um, as as a federal public servant. Um, Yeah, uh, maybe we'll leave it at that for now and we can kind of expand in any of those avenues as we chat further absolutely you've been my coach for a couple months now and uh you know i'm loving it every second of it i guess as you know someone who you know their athletic journey hasn't been super long yet and i hope obviously to take it to the next level over the next few months and next few years um i'm really curious as to like what your journey has been like have you always been an athletic person yeah um I was born into an athletic family, Uh, so I feel like I've been an athlete um, my whole life and sort of was predetermined to be an athlete just based on genes alone. Um, (laughs) My my father is actually a professional, was a professional hockey player, and my mom was quite into tennis and running and soccer and sports, like all sorts of sports um, throughout her, her life. Um, they both were really into cycling as well. And so I just always had a, an example of like both my parents being really involved in sports. They gave my sister and I um, lots of exposure and opportunities to participate in various sports. And we both sort of landed on swimming, um, especially because we moved to California when I was in grade five. And there's an outdoor pool in every neighborhood And so we got really into swimming when we lived there. And I swam 
pretty competitively for um, about 11 years um, through my third year or the, until the start of third year of university. Um, swimming is an excellent sport, um, but it's a really intense sport. Um, I, I loved it until I didn't. So yeah. I, I retired from swimming um, as a, a junior in university because it just wasn't fun anymore. And if it's not fun, what's the point of doing it, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think when you're in university, there comes a point where you kind of have to make a decision that maybe the academics are actually the more important part. Um, and also just being able to be involved in student life and, and active in other areas um, and other sort of interests uh, where swimming kind of took over my schedule. So once I retired, I was able to pursue some other interests through the end of my university career. And then it was a few years actually before I got back into athletics. Um, I moved to Ottawa after I completed my master's degree. And I guess I got into a sedentary office lifestyle and I didn't really know how to manage working a nine to five and then being an athlete. So I just didn't. I had a gym membership and I would go to the gym maybe like once a month, if that. Um, Totally the opposite of how I am now. But um, yeah, I just hadn't quite figured out how to manage my time and um, how to prioritize um, sport, which had previously been so important and a huge, huge part of my life. So it was a couple of years. And I think one day I looked in the mirror and I was like, I am not who, like, I'm not myself right now. I didn't feel like myself. I didn't feel very motivated. I wasn't very happy. And I think the realization there was that I really needed to get back into a more active lifestyle. So I started out by um, taking bar classes and I had found a really great studio and a really, just a really positive welcoming environment where I was excited to go to bar class. And that helped me kind of get back on track. And maybe a year after I got into bar, a friend of mine introduced me to the sport of triathlon And yeah, I haven't really looked back since. So Mm. that was in, I think my first triathlon was in 2013. And from there, it's just really taken over my life um, between the triathlon and then um, more recently running has been sort of the main focus. But um, yeah, it's, it's kind of amazing. It really opened up Ottawa to me. I find before I got into triathlon, I didn't really know or take advantage of the amazing resources that we have in our community in terms of like bike paths and the Gatineau Park and like just beautiful places to run and ride your bike and swim. And so it opened up sort of the the region to me in terms of exploring uh, on, you know, a I guess my own accord, biking, running, swimming. And um, it opened up an, a whole new community of, of friends 
And I think that's been the, the best part for me is that the people that I've met through these sports have changed my life. They're just so many wonderful people who are involved in running and triathlon. And I feel so grateful to have um, become part of this community because the people really, really make it super special. The community is one thing that I think I'm always brought back to as the best part of what we do. You know, like running can feel kind of lonely sometimes, you know, because you, especially during this pandemic, a lot of the runs have been alone. And I feel like just being reminded that, you know, I'm not the only one out running right now. I'm not the only one that has this, you know, hills training today or this, um, this cross training day. And I think it's really important to realize that no matter what time of day you're out running, you're always connected somehow with another athlete, no matter where they are in the city or in Canada, I'm kind of always brought back to, you know, you're never alone. Yeah, it's so true. And I think the nice thing, obviously the pandemic has caused a lot of challenges and in the early days, the recommendations were to kind of get out there alone if you could and be safe and all of those, those sort of caveats. But um, I think like it is nice that running and cycling outside seem to be some of the safer activities. So like now that things are opening back up, you can maybe go out with another person or two. Um, but also I think the use of social, social media throughout this time has been super helpful for me. Um, as you said, to like remind me that there are other people out there um, either like training or tackling new goals or, you know, finding creative ways to stay in, enthusiastic and engaged in their sport. Um, or maybe other people who are struggling to maintain that motivation. I think it's been a tough time without races um, and sort of the more traditional things that we use to measure our success and to motivate ourselves. Mm-hmm. So connecting to other people in the community through social media has been really helpful. Um, for me too, one of the things that I found really helpful is that like my Tuesday nights are a social night because I always run with my run club on Tuesday nights and we always go for a beer after. And so one of the things that we did through like almost like every week since early March is that we did either like a zoom call, um, over beers, like all separate in our own homes, but still connecting on Tuesday nights. Um, Mm -hmm. and now that like we can kind of gather a little bit more, uh, you know, a couple of us will like sit six feet apart, part in a park and chat and kind of hang out on Tuesdays just to maintain that sort of sense of normalcy and that important connection that we had with each other. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So if I was to rewind a bit, you spoke about your time with swimming and you mentioned that you, you know, you loved it until you didn't. And I'm really curious what made you lose that spark with swimming? Oh, it's a very complicated story, but it kind of, (laughs) um, honestly, it came down to Um, the personalities. And so going back to that idea of community, um, the team that I was part of was not a very healthy environment. 
um, our coach was not very good at dealing with university age humans um, and certainly not with university age women. Uh, <laughs> so the, the dynamics on the women's team were not very healthy and our coach kind of contributed to that, like mm-hmm. kind of make like swimming is a strange sport. It's an individual sport, but then we compete as a team and we earn points as a team and in sort of a dual meet format. Um, and then at like championship meets. So the idea being that you swim individually, but you're always swimming on behalf of the team. And instead of sort of cultivating a team environment, he reinforced the individual aspects of the sport. And, and that just made it not very fun. And I think, you know, um, women can, can sometimes not be very nice to each other. I don't really understand why, but um, there's a lot of like com- competitiveness and sort of tearing each other down that happens when in reality, we should probably be doing a lot more lifting each other up and, and supporting each other, uh, especially in an environment like that, but that wasn't the case. So it got to the point where for me, the desire to continue swimming just was not there. And so I retired. Right. I, I quit, but I call it retired. <laughs> retired is a good word. And I'm sure, you know, thinking about that community, it really makes you appreciate this new community that you've found with triathlons, with running. It's so, honestly, it's so true. I think for me, one of the things that I appreciate the most, especially being part of run clubs, is the people who are just thrilled for someone else's success, you know, who see you run a PB or your first whatever distance and are just so, so happy for you. And the people who are out there cheering when they're, when they're not racing or when they're injured and they're still showing up and like that just fills me up so much. I appreciate that so much. So I try myself to, to really be, be that myself, um, which is one of the reasons why I love coaching because it allows me to just like drink up and celebrate the successes of my athletes and that inspires and motivates me. So um, I love to see people succeed and I love to help people succeed. Uh, so that's kind of one of the reasons why I love the community that I found now and, and why I love coaching So talk to me a bit about coaching. What is it about it that, you know, obviously you enjoy that sense of that, that that fulfillment you get when your athletes accomplish something, but is is there anything else that has to do with being a coach that just makes you want to do it every single day? Um, You know, I love that there are so many aspects to it. I think every athlete is so, so different. Everyone has, they're coming from a completely different background from, you know, the next athlete that you work with. They have different goals. They have um, different strengths and weaknesses. And so I find that to be an interesting challenge to kind of work with individuals and kind of 
figure out what makes them tick, um, what's going to motivate them, what's going to keep them consistent and, and you know, excited and happy to be out there training. Um, so I find, you know, it's just like putting little pieces of a puzzle together, which is really, to me, very interesting and rewarding. And it, it also encourages me to continue learning um, and to kind of become a better coach in the process. Um, so, you know, one of my things is that I like to challenge myself and it's a way to challenge myself. Um, and then, yeah, it really is about seeing people achieve things they maybe never even believed possible. Um, I, I like to, I like to work with athletes who are newer to these sports, um, especially because, um, I was once new to the sport. So I find it's, you know, it's really helpful to have some, some guidance and, to kind of be able to share the knowledge that I've gained over the past you know, seven or eight years. And so I like, I really like working with new athletes who are newer to the sport or newer to like a distance or a discipline. Um, mm-hmm. Because again, it's just, we can work together, we can set, set goals and milestones and kind of challenge, challenge them in ways that Maybe they haven't been challenged before, and then that brings results that they've maybe never seen before, which is right. exciting. And as a coach, is there anything that you, you know, you look at yourself in the mirror and you swore to yourself, I will not let my athletes feel this way, or I will not put my athletes through this. So are there any sorts of mantras or? Yeah, I think as a coach, it's, and I, I said this already, it's so important to remember that every athlete is an individual um, because you like you can't apply a one-size-fits-all training plan to to an athlete because it's just not going to work and it's like the point of being a coach is that you're taking into account all sorts of elements of your athlete's life you know their their work stress their their home life making sure that we're we're working together to like fit their training around their actual life is super important to me. Um, and then, you know, taking into account things like um, the mental side of training as well, where, you know, some athletes need different types of support from me. Um, like some athletes want a lot of communication and a lot of um, kind of, like nice platitudes and that sort of thing. And other athletes want to be kind of like, give me my training plan and then leave me alone. Or like, they want me to like give them like critiques and criticism because that's how, that's what motivates them. So it's really about as a coach, it's really important to like figure out what is going to make your athlete stay motivated and, and stay excited to be training, but then also to like, fit their training into their actual life. And I think that's something even for people who aren't working with a coach is just remembering that like training is one element of your life. It can't, it can't be the most important. Sometimes it's going to, you're going to prioritize a little bit, a little bit more. Sometimes it's going to be deprioritized because work 
or our home life is going to need more attention. So yeah, we're all we're all very unique and we all have different needs. So I I've certainly had coaches who didn't necessarily um, take those things into account. Something that I've definitely at least started to learn, especially with you as my coach, is finding that balance between everything, right? Like being able to balance this jam-packed week of training, but also be able to, you know, step outside of the training and just be Jake, you know? Who is Jake outside of running? What can he do outside of running? What can, because when I, when I came to you, I needed the structure. I wanted to find the routine again. And I can say with complete honesty that that is what I pride myself over right now. The fact that even in a pandemic, I was able to find my footing and carry on and continue pushing myself within these realms that I've created, right? Yeah. Um, structure structure can be really helpful. I found that structure for me these days has been um, uh, one of the keys to getting through, through this period. Um, it's helpful to like ground myself with some sort of structure, whether that's my training or like a morning routine um, or a bedtime routine, <laughs> something to kind of keep me focused. Um, structure has been really, really key. But also, as you say, you know, finding that balance because we are in a period of time where there's a lot of stress um, and I think a lot of stress that people don't even really notice or, or think about um, between obviously the pandemic. And I think, you know, in May we had this wave of awareness and understanding um, and sort of eyes opening to um, the, the severe problems with racism in in our country and in, in the U.S. to the South, I think the sort of the mental weight that comes along with that can be really, really draining. Um, and obviously the pandemic as well is really draining. So I think it's really important for all of us to kind of, yeah, constantly reevaluate, okay, how is my energy today? Like, is training really the most important thing to me today? Because... Maybe I'm, I've got a lot of other stuff on my mind and that's not putting me in a place where physically training is going to be a benefit. Um, or is it actually training is just the thing today because I have a lot on my mind and I need to go run and not think about any of it for a little while because that's what's going to de-stress me. So it's like kind of figuring out that balance for you between is the training a benefit today or is it going to be something that is actually going to kind of be a negative um, on this day. And so I hopefully you you've realized this that I'm very much for me like managing those energy levels is very, very important. Um, so if there's ever a day where you're like Kelsey, training is not going to happen today because there's just a lot of other things I need to deal with, or there's always the, the possibility of pushing off a training or not doing it at all because managing that energy level is, is important. So something I'd love to talk a bit about is the concept of getting out of bed in the morning, 
Now, for some people, it's easy and others not so much. So what gets you out of bed? What excites you to the point where, you know, you can openly and genuinely feel okay to get through another day? Um, so for me, I think um, this has been a work in progress over the past couple of years. Um, I went through a really big burnout a couple of years ago. And so I've been very sort of attuned to my energy and how I'm spending my time and my stress levels and all of that sort of thing. And, and also like trying to align my life in a way that it really, really feels good. Um, so that, I feel like that all sounds really fluffy, but anyways, so it's like, Oh, especially over the past, I would say six months, um, what has been motivating me is just being able each day to kind of work towards better alignment of how I'm living my life and how I like, um, how I see my life, um, you know, sort of the internal and the external. So trying to get those better in better alignment. So that's been kind of motivating me. And, um, like it's, it's a lot of just like daily practices and thinking and, and doing writing and, um, kind of taking small steps every day. I've been, I was taking courses in the beginning part of the year. I've been, I mean, yeah, like working through my training, doing lots of reading and that sort of thing. Um, just making small changes in a bunch of areas of my life to bring, yeah, that internal and external world like into like harmony. I guess in, in bringing those two into some cohesive bond, you know, the inner and the outer, I guess you kind of start to realize what feels good and what doesn't feel good. But by eliminating the things that don't feel good, you leave room for more of what does feel good. Yes, that is exactly what I've been doing. That You said it much better <laughs> than I did. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I called it the Blue Ocean Project, which is, is kind of funny, but... Um, so I've been working on the Blue Ocean Project for 2020. Um, so that's been what's been kind of keeping me motivated. And so what is the Blue Ocean Project? It, it's really just about, yeah, al aligning my internal and my external world so that they kind of match my values and that I feel like I'm living my truth and... Um, right living a life that I can just really be proud of and like not just it's not just about being happy it's about like experiencing joy on a regular basis and right. um kind of you know especially because I did have this like massive burnout a couple of years ago just um kind of figuring out how to reduce my stress and that's mm -hmm. a lot of that's like letting go of things that are just not important and things that are not going to like fulfill me um and things that drain me like just putting that all aside if we're thinking about the future though if we're thinking about um who kelsey is going to be once she does get rid of all the bad you know what are some future aspirations you know not even just in athletics but what does kelsey hunter want to achieve that's a really hard question um 
Oh, I feel like it's less like specific achievements. I mean, I have I have a few things in mind that I, you know, some running and triathlon milestones and and goals, but those those are like they're nice to haves. Um, yeah. I think like this is really about yeah, like not necessarily like the external rewards and achievements, but more like feeling internally like I'm I'm living a life that you know is truly my best life. I don't I can't say I have a list of of who I want to be. Narrow it down to you know, it doesn't have to be Kelsey five years from now. It doesn't have to be Kelsey one year from now. It could be, you know, especially with the move you have going on, especially with the Blue Ocean Project, figuring mm-hmm. out the balance. You know, what those are obviously some major changes in your life. So what are some um, some other changes that are going on that you feel okay with? Yeah. So I, I guess I mentioned at the beginning that I currently live very far away from my family. And for me, family is like the most important thing. And so part of like one element of the Blue Ocean Project was that, okay, if I state as a value that family is important to me, why, why am I so far away? Why is it that um, I have to fly an entire day just to get to visit my my grandma or my cousins, and why am I missing out on these milestones that are happening in in the lives of the people that I care the most about? So, the move is part part of kind of bringing my world more into alignment with that particular value um, of you know getting me closer to my family so that I can spend more time with them um, so I can kind of be there for the big and little moments in their lives because I feel like I've missed out on a lot. Um, I love living in Ottawa, but it's just so, so far away from everyone. So, and I, you know, I've made some friends here that are like family and I will certainly miss, miss them, but that was that was one of the things I had sort of a realization that, um, you know, our lives are are short and might as well might as well make sure, you know, the things that we we say we care the most about are things that we're actually like grabbing onto and and having be part of our lives. So, moving to Vancouver. <laughs> So you have mentioned that you are also a podcaster, an avid podcaster. You listen, you have your own. Talk to me a bit about that. Sure. So my podcast is, uh, we'll call it, I had a podcast. That's what we'll say. Mm. Um, I started a podcast in October 2018. And Again, it was one of those things. I just really like challenges and I like learning new things. Um, I'd always been a blogger, 
and a pretty active like Instagram user. And I just, you know, I like telling stories. I like sharing information. And I, I noticed that there were podcasts in other places about sort of their endurance communities, running communities, triathlon communities, that sort of thing. And I felt like the Ottawa endurance community just had so many interesting characters and groups and, you know, stories to, to be told. So I started this podcast in the Endurance Capital podcast. I knew nothing about podcasting besides the fact that I, you know, listened to podcasts. The beautiful thing about the world these days is that you can learn almost anything by Googling and watching YouTube videos and reading other people's blogs. And so I kind of started from scratch. I gave myself like six weeks to figure it out. Everything from, okay, what's the name going to be to what's, what's the logo going to look like? And who am I going to have on the, the show? Who do I think will listen to the show? And then I guess we recorded 11 episodes total in the end. And then it was one of those things where it was really, really fun and rewarding, but also doing it all myself um, just took up a lot of time and I think more time than I, I really had at that point to dedicate to it. So it kind of went on the shelf for a little while. And I guess now that I'm moving to Vancouver, maybe the Ottawa aspect of it will certainly be on the shelf. Maybe I'll revive it at some point, but um, it was really fun. I got to tell some great stories, chat with some really interesting people who are just so experienced and so knowledgeable about running, about triathlon, about, you know, everything from, you know, some, some of them were race directors and sort of what it's like to be a race director to people who'd been involved in the sport for like, decades and had kind of like insights into what it was like back in the day before there were major Ironman races everywhere and before triathlon was like this huge like money-making sport uh not that I don't think anyone actually makes money through triathlon but you know like before there were like big branded races everywhere so I learned a lot I got to chat with some really really interesting people and yeah, it was, it was really fun. And so what, what was your favorite part about it? What do you miss most? I think I, I missed the part of um, getting to delve into and have chats with people um, from the community. Um, we talked about it a lot already that, you know, the best part of these sports are the people and I think there are just so many interesting stories. People have um, just like a lot, a lot of diversity in their experiences in these sports um, and in their lives that they bring to these sports. And so I do miss kind of getting to know people through the podcast because it is, it is helpful. You know, you sit there and you ask them all sorts of questions and they share things that you probably wouldn't have learned otherwise. And, and so I do miss that aspect. Well, that's exactly what my favorite part is. I like being able to, you know, I, 
I love talking to people already and I like meeting people. And so if I'm putting them together, even if it is my first time meeting someone, even if I reach out to somebody that I don't already know, this is just the best icebreaker. It is the best way to get to know somebody on more than just a, hey, how are you level. And so I'll always appreciate the kind of simplicity of podcasting. I know getting into it at first, it does seem very overwhelming and I definitely felt that way, but it's just like anything. Once you find that groove, that routine and that structure, it sort of just becomes a part of who you are. And I'll always, always be grateful for the conversations. Yeah, it, it can be really fun. I do miss it. Uh, I do miss it. <laughs> I wish I was better at I, managing I would... my time, Jake. There's too many fun things to do. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, like we've already talked about this, it's, it's about finding that balance. And you know, if this, if podcasting is really what you are meant to do, then it'll find its way back to you. And you have a listener right here. I will definitely tune in. Yeah. To <laughs> well, I will l- certainly let you know if, uh, if, I revive it. But in the meantime, if you want to learn more about the Ottawa running and triathlon community, you can listen to any of the 11 episodes of the Endurance Capital podcast. So just to wrap things up, I do at the end of every episode, what's called the mountain minute. Okay. And it's a a rapid fire round of questions. Uh, Really. I just, they're simple questions. I'll, Say them one at a time. You'll answer them as fast as you can, and that'll be that. Okay. This, this, this is the Mountain, mountain, mountain minute. Minute. Three, two, one. Favorite movie? Uh, oh, my gosh. Ten things I hate about you. Favorite food? Pizza. Go-to breakfast? Um, a smoothie or oatmeal. Favorite song? Oh, it changes all the time. Right now, it's Colors by the Black Pumas. Where did you first hear that song? On Grace and Frankie, the TV show. <laughs> Guilty pleasure song. Um, honestly, anything like 90s R&B. Mm. Yeah. Favorite day of the week? Oh, Saturday? Least favorite day of the week? I don't know if I have one. I'm not like a Mondays are terrible person. I don't mind Mondays or any other day. Favorite color? Blue. What time do you usually go to bed? Oh, midnight. (laughs) What time do you usually wake up? Maybe 7.45. If you could make any animal your pet, what animal would you choose? Um, I really like dogs, and I have one already, so I'm okay with that. If you could change the stigma around one thing in the world, what would it be? Oh, there's a really long list right now, Jake. The list is so <laughs> long. Um, I don't know if I can choose just one thing. Maybe next question. <laughs> if you could trade lives with anyone for a day, who would it be? Um, maybe Michelle Obama. Mm. If you could have any superpower, what would you choose? Oh, 
Oh. I don't know. Like a traditional superpower power maybe to be invisible. Nice. Be sneaky and kind of. I like. Sorry, I'm going to go on a tangent. I do like the idea of like kind of like the almost like the butterfly effect like how one small thing can can like move things in a positive direction which is also one reason I like being a public servant is like even like small things can make a big difference down the road so I think being invisible you could like you know maybe it would be bad because you set off a weird butterfly effect but maybe it would be good I'd use it for good not evil I promise (laughs) I guess that's the chance you got to take. Yeah. Sweet or salty? Salty. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Rain or shine? Shine. Day or night? Day. Favorite number? 19. Where do you want to travel? Oh, I think I'm going to try to go to Patagonia next not this fall, but the following fall. That's like, I made it a goal since there's no travel this year. <laughs> like mm. October, 2021, Patagonia. Fill in the blank. This podcast is awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> Thank you so much for, you know, chatting with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Jake. I feel like I was not very eloquent today, but um, I truly appreciate the opportunity to chat with you and, um, and your listeners. Thank you once again for tuning into another episode of the Mountain Movers podcast. If you like what you heard, don't be shy. Leave a rating and a review and let me know what you think. Until next time, keep climbing. Love always. Jim.